Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Again, let's just relax. Anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. And remember that God is right there with you. You don't need to do or say anything to get his attention. All his focus is on you right now. And his purpose for you is to bring healing and restoration, to reunite your soul and your body with your spirit, that you would be one spirit, soul, and body in him. Your spirit's already there. What he's doing is reuniting your soul to your spirit, which makes your spirit, your soul, within God as well. And then the body follows along. Now we're learning about developing a strategy to become, to approach this whole concept of of being restored to God and learning about our inherent supernatural solical abilities how do we learn about that how do we you know i guess we could say why is the church in general after all this time still so inept ineffective powerless and i think a lot of it is not just because, you know, it's certainly not for lack of teaching. There's a, enough teaching out there, and there always has been. There's always somebody out there, has, has been from the very beginning, that's going to write a book about something, that's going to sing a song, that's going to start a school. One of my first favorites from the scriptures is the, the school of the prophets, that, that God went out to look for a sub, for a replacement for Elijah and he visited the school of the prophets and he said nope couldn't find anybody so there were there were people who wanted to serve God and who wanted to be prophets prophetic they wanted to serve God in that capacity that was the exact capacity that God wanted and others were teaching them so they were intending to be what God wanted them to be. But God didn't find what he was looking for. So he went to the field. And I'm sure you all, all know the story of God finding Elijah, who did everything big. And something in him, that's exactly what he was looking for. And let me just put it out there that the difference between Elisha and the other students, and even, I mean, God could have picked the president of the school of the prophets. He didn't, he, he rejected them all. Why? Why did he reject those who had were focused? They wanted to serve God in the way that God 
was looking. He was looking for, it's like if, if you're looking for a plumber and you go to a school of plumbers and you go, okay, well, you know, they're all being taught how to be good plumbers, but you reject them all. Why did he do that? Why did he reject them all? And why did he go out to the field and find somebody who didn't even know how to be a plumber, Didn't even, might not have even known what a plumber was? He said, you, you're my man. And he put his finger on Elisha, and he revealed himself to him. But then what did he start to do? He started to teach him his way of doing things. So often, we want to be taught, and we, we even may feel this, a drawing, that this is what God wants us to do. So we look for somebody to teach us. Now, it's fine to, to be looking, but when we're depending on somebody or something else to teach us instead of God, in the place of God, we're, God's going to have to undo what we've learned. So God valued Elisha because he could teach him exactly the way he wanted him to be. I mean, think about, you know, starting your first job or your next job. Very often somebody is going to be hired who hasn't been in a position before so that you know, if I was hiring somebody, I'd want to hire somebody and train them to do it, things the way I want them done. I don't want them trained the way some professor wants them done or a previous employer. You know, there's certainly skills that we can learn, and that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about our, our supernatural, our solical abilities, is our skills, but not how to do things not the meaning behind it, not the learning process. But if God is drawing you into learning at all, anything, be taught of him. Expect him to teach you. He's committed to that. He's, he, by him giving you that desire, let's say you have a desire for, for healing, for healing yourself, for healing others, for healing the, healing the world. You know that didn't come from your own soul because that there's work involved and there's submission to God and there's a distinction between your soul and yourself, a healing, that ha- a death to doing things your way that's going to have to ex- happen in order for you to be involved in any of these abilities. God's not going to compete with you on the throne. He's not going to let you, he's not going to let you get away with things because he wants you whole. Because that's his final goal. That's his purpose for you. Complete, whole, healed. But in the process, as we learn these skills, we find out about ourselves. We found, find out God's ways, how he does things. But we know, so we know ourself, our flesh, the, that desire to do that doesn't come from our flesh. 
It doesn't come from our from the world. The world doesn't want anything to do with the world system. Doesn't want anything to do with God. And it doesn't come from our enemy, uh, the devil. The last thing he wants is is for us to learn how our the 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 power and authority that we already have. The last thing he wants is for us to learn how that works. I mean, think about how much the devil hounded Jesus all over the place. He gave him all kinds of experiences. He he provoked him. He challenged him. He tempted him. He And he never stopped. He went away for a while, but he was only conniving. He was only coming up with something better. In the same way with, with us, don't think, okay, you know, he's done with, gone forever. In the same way with your flesh, it's, you're not going to be able to say, okay, it's gone, done forever, until God says, yes, it's, it's done, and you've been fully restored. When there's no room for your flesh, for yourself, I don't know of anybody who's come anywhere close. Obviously, Jesus has, and Adam and Eve always were, were one. So those, were, those are our examples of what it looks like. But besides that, we really don't have any great examples of this is what it looks like. We could look at Paul, you know, a great example, Peter, some of the apostles, but they still, you know, we only see a glimpse. We, we, are, we read stories about them. We, we read letters written by Paul. We get glimpses, but we then have to go, okay, God, what of that is for me? So when we're looking at how do we approach the the purpose God has for us, if he says, okay, this is the interest, this is the desire I've put in your heart. When he, when he calls you like he called Elisha and says, come with me, I'm going to teach you some what I want you to do. Now, in the path of life, Elisha had learned some things. And he had learned his person, he had a huge personality. He did things big. And there were characteristics. I'm sure that there were characteristics that, that God loved and that were counter to, going to be counter to what he wanted done. No surprise. God was not surprised by any aspect of Elisha's character. He's not surprised by anything in your life, any of your mistakes. You know, and that's one of the things is when we look at the characters, the people in scriptures, we know like one one thousandth of their life. And yet we we draw and we conclude and we we put them on pedestals or throw them under the bus. We don't know them. Like, you know, you and I, we don't even know ourselves. But what we're, what we're dealing with is when God draws us to, into a direction. Now, remember, it's two sides of the coin. On the one side, God is doing the healing of, and restoration of your soul. He doesn't need your help. He will bring you in to the process as he chooses, but it's his choice. He may never 
reveal to you the changes he's making. You may just find yourself changed in that blinking of an eye. You know, you go to sleep, you know, Monday and you wake up Tuesday and all of a sudden all your anger is gone or all the hurt from certain memories is gone. And all of a sudden you understand the grace of God, the forgiveness, because you've experienced it without you even knowing it. However God wants to do it. Likewise, you may go to sleep on Monday night and while you're asleep, have an encounter with God where that you wake up in the morning and you remember everything that happened. Either way, those are all his choices. Now, our side of the coin is developing the abilities. The entirety of your soul is God's gift to you, just as the entirety of your body is God's gift to you. We are to take care of our body. We are to take care of our soul. And part of our our challenge, you know, since Adam and Eve were, were escorted out of the garden, we've not gotten any closer to understanding what it was like to live one with God. Now, the difference between everybody in the Old Testament and everybody in the New Testament, everybody who's been born again, is we are already in Christ. We have been respirited. And those, and we are in the kingdom. And no matter how great a, a person was in the Old Testament, David, Abraham, Joshua, name any, Elijah, anybody in the Old Testament, the least in the, in the kingdom, would be in the in the New Testament would be greater than the greatest in the old because we have the spirit we have been born again we've been respirited we now have access to eternal life we are now in the kingdom and yet let's say you know let's say that was thousands of years ago you know we're in we're in um you know the 2000s and we use that demarcation the 2,000 years ago uh, before Christ. So thousands of years ago, and before then, going back to Adam and Eve, generation upon generation has gotten farther and farther away from experiencing and understanding how the soul works. So God isn't surprised and let, let's not us be surprised that it's going to be trial and error. It's going to be an individual process. Nobody has all the answers. But what we don't want to do is look to other people to say, this person knows how to do this. That person knows how to do that. They might have some good clues they might have some good instruction but only you came into this world earth world your soul had an instruction manual but you don't know how to read it your instruction manual is different than mine maybe it's in a different language maybe it's written backwards 
Maybe you have to read it while you're, you know, standing on your head or running backwards. Who knows? Or read it in the mirror. Who knows? But, but God has given you the ability to read your manual. How does your soul work? How did the abilities, the ability to, to heal, to, have, to do miracles, to raise the dead, to know the future, to speak life, wisdom, knowledge, you have that all, and it's all in your manual, but you have to learn how to read it. And it's not enough to just know how to read it. Because how do you know what you're reading is true? It's because it works. You know, I've written that series, the Eternal Life series. The first book is called Practical Christianity. Does what you believe work? If it's not working for you, let it go. Don't keep on trying to make something work for you that's not working. And so much, again, we look at organized religion, well-intentioned, but they're, they're creating Christians in their own image. When God says, I'm looking for somebody after my heart who's going to do things my way, that when I say jump, they jump, and in the midst say how high. When I say pass the salt, they pass the salt. When I say raise the dead, they raise the dead. Now again, it's not that that these schools and these movements and these churches and organizations and and religions, you know, denominations, it's not that they're, you know, shall we say evil. but they're not going to produce what God wants. Because he wants everybody, you and I, and everybody involved in, in those schools, in those churches, to be one with him. And that involves healing. That involves a restoration of the soul. And then, well, and simultaneously, as your soul is restored, those abilities that are within you, quickened. We often want to skip from living in the natural world to boom, I, I'm dead, and boom, I'm in, the, super, in the, the spiritual realm, and skip the supernatural realm altogether. Well, that makes me wonder, why did God give us a soul, a mind, will, and emotions? Why didn't he make us, just make us like the animals? That boom, when we die, we're with him and, you know, we don't have to change. We don't have to go through any pain. We don't have to process anything. We don't have to be healed. Because, and we've talked about this before. Because he, there is something produced in the process. Gratitude, appreciation, patience, endurance. Animals don't learn that. Now, they... they have goals and they work toward their goals like trying to get a coconut open for something or something. You know, they, they develop patience and persistence. But that's for their own benefit. For you and I, we have a greater challenge. We have a greater 
goal, we have a greater purpose to become one in Christ, one in God. And some, you know, your path is different than anyone else's path. But the people and the situation, the circumstances you're in, were all crafted for you. The challenges your family has were crafted for you and for every member of your family and for your neighbor and for every person and place and thing that your family encounters. Where you work, the people you encounter, God placed you there. And it's not so you could evangelize them or convict them of their sin or be a light. It's for you. It's for your development. This is where we start with developing a, a strategy to become objective. Look at, you know, what Elijah did. He, he went, you know, God called him. He tapped him on his shoulder and said, come with me. And then God started to show him, this is what you need to do. This is what I want you to do. These are the things that we're going to learn how to do. And he taught him. And this is when we make ourselves available to God and we understand objectively that this is the relationship that he wants with us. He's your counselor, your comforter, your teacher. He, he gives the homework. He, ta- he gives you the test. He grades the test. Then, then he, you, know, uh, you take it until you pass because he's forming in you. It's not about the grade. It's about the, the forming the overcomer, the, your soul, to overcome yourself, to overcome the world, the flesh, the devil. Not, again, not so then you're equipped to enter ministry or change the world or, you know, be the prophet that, you know, the Bible talks about or anything like that, you know, whatever it is. Now, he may put you in a position of great power and authority. So what? All you're doing is passing the salt. Because you, you're, by then, you'd have your, same way with Elijah, he learned, and boy, he made tons of mistakes. And he was trained by God. Think of that. God picked him specifically, and he made plenty of mistakes. He was an arrogant, you know, anyway, we won't get, into, get distracted by him. But just being chosen by God doesn't mean everything you do and say and think is Perfect, holy, right. So you're going to learn some of these abilities. And, and let's say you learn how to, to raise the dead. And you end up on, you know, CNN or, you know, one of these news channels. And, they're, they're interview- and you raise people and people recognize it. And you get all this adulation and recognition. And, but it's so what? And... You're maybe tempted to, oh, it's, yes, I am special. I'm God's little honey. It's like, you know, God is working. Everything he's doing, all the people he raised, all the attention you're getting, it's all for your benefit. In, in a sense, we can say your life is all about you. The family he put you in is for you. The time for such a time as this right now is for you. 
He doesn't need your help doing anything else. This is where we need to really decide, is God sovereign or not? Does, he ever, does God ever go, whoops, didn't see that coming? And, and there's, so, so through the healing process, a lot of these questions are going to come up, and we want to deal with it because part of the healing process is addressing the lies we believe. Do you think God is ever disappointed? Does God ever go, oh, you know, oh, that person or even the, the devil or, you know, the this situation, that, that tornado was much stronger than I had anticipated. I'm really disappointed this didn't work out the way I wanted it to. How strong, how powerful is your God? Is God God? And when you start thinking and, and being aware of your own beliefs, a lot of these questions, let them come up. And you don't, you don't need to mine for them. You don't need to go, okay, I need to have all my doctrines doctrines straight in order to go to whatever you think is next no it's all at once and if god doesn't put you in the situation if god doesn't raise the question you don't need to go pursue it again he's got everything in his time but we're talking about developing a strategy and if we start with the with being objective and that everything is about you your world your influence God teaching and training you so that when God leads you across someone else's path, it is for your teaching and training, even when you are teaching and training and supporting others. So then your success will not be judged. You won't judge your own success based on how well you're received. You'll never be a victim of what other people think of you. You know, people-pleasing, codependence, all that kind of stuff. If you remember that every interaction is for your teaching and training, you then can, okay, if you have something somebody else wants, somebody else needs, and, you know, you, you, it flows out of you. Again, what is the nature of love? It, it gives. It flows out of you to that other person. If they reject it, it's not about them, it's about you. You go, okay, Lord, what am I to learn from this? Did I do anything wrong? Most of the time, you know, we are so guilt-ridden, and this is part of our our, our soul. This is something we started with all the way back to, to Adam and Eve, and it's still a go-to place. Is we're all victims or we're all to blame. You know, so it's so it's shame or or blame. You know, we're we're either at fault or uh, you know we we need to be corrected. And when God says, "No, you're my beloved. I love you unconditionally," but you're in process, and I don't hold it against you that you're where you where you're at right now. Wherever you're at is exactly where He wants you. Now, 
so so often in organized religion we're warned against spending too much time thinking about ourselves you know navel gazing becoming self-centered and focusing on your soul being restored to wholeness with your spirit because we're not talking about you taking there's a difference between taking credit and being given credit when somebody acknowledges I really see God in you. You simply say thank you. You don't say, oh, no, 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 to, you know, to God be all the glory. You know, we don't back off on this is, this is the reality. And when we, we have struggles with something, for instance, like that, and we go, oh, no, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm nothing, type of thing. I'm I'm supposed to, you know, not be anything and God gets all the glory. Is that the shame coming in? Is that the 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 false, you know, um sacrifice, the 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 pity that we're seeking for, seeking Again, that's part of God rest, not restoring our healing our wounds and restoring our soul. So we talked last week about thinking about, okay, what's being specific and writing things down. What are those things that you believe he's drawing you into? Put it on paper, pick something, and how would you teach it to someone else? So just keep doing that. But we're just going to keep on building on that. So take that and you know, work on, okay, for you, what we just talked about, how does that help you build on developing an objective strategy for you to learn how to do this? If you were going to think, okay, you're going to do a marathon, you know, in six months, you would come up with, okay, I'm going to, from here to being ready to do the marathon, what do I need to do? This is the same thing. If you want to learn how to raise to the dead, here you are. You haven't the foggiest idea how to do it. The end is you want to be able to do it. What are the steps in between? Pretend you're teaching somebody else how to do it. That, That makes us open to hear more from God, specifically about that particular thing, your particular ability. So, So thanks for tuning in. Drop me a line anytime. It's always great to hear from you. You can send feedback to Diane at the org or through Blog Talk Radio. There's also a contact form on the website where you can also get the book I mentioned. There's other books. We're also uh, working on producing crimson books. So we will be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.